0: First semester and really uh, God has brought me back one whole round and I'm really thankful to be in your midst. I come from Sramban Wesley so this feels like home. People look familiar. Our ages look familiar as well and really I'm so thankful to see all of you this morning. Let's go to God in prayer. Father we cannot thank you enough this morning that even as we worship you on this Father's Day, your word comes to us and you talk to us about our lives and how we live it. I pray that your spirit himself will open your words to us so that as we hear your words, your word will encourage us. So help us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, thank you for the scripture reader who's. Uh, spoke the word of the Lord, and really it was a mouthful of names. So many names to follow, and you know, to make it concise for you, it's about the life of one man, Josiah. It's about his ancestors, his parents and his grandparents. It's about who came after him, his children and his grandchildren, but This chapter focuses on how this one man chose to live his fragile inheritance. What is that? The life that has been given to us by God. The faith that has been given to us by God. So this morning as I look, I see many fathers in our midst uh, and I want all people who have fathered others and I want to wish you a very Happy Father's Day this morning. Um, It's really special to be able to wish you. I myself lost my father when I was nine. So, you know, always thinking how I wish he were here so that I could wish him. And so I really thank you for that and uh, giving me this privilege to wish you. And there are many parents here, fathers especially, who carry a lot of weight, hoping that our lives, the lives that we live, are well lived. But often we feel helpless to control the outcome of the way we live, the outcome of whether our children receive what we have. Sometimes we also struggle because we ourselves were raised in families that were not easy, It is not easy to hold it together. Holding life together is very, very tough. And one of the reasons is because, really, many changes happen, like roller coasters that affect us. In Josiah's time, it was many things that were changing, not only from uh, the the kingship passed on from his father, his grandfather to him, but also the superpowers were changing. It was the powers of Assyria changing the whole dynamics when babylon was taking over. Our life is no different because right now, what is happening in Malaysia is actually shaped by the superpowers that exist in our world today. China and U.S are the ones that are making our currency go up and down, up and down. What is happening outside is shaping what is happening within the country. Not only that, you know, the kind of roller coaster changes that make it hard for us to hold our life together is also the kind of information we get. There has been an explosion of information and knowledge. We know a lot but sometimes we don't know how to sift that knowledge. You know, like Pastor was just praying, sometimes we hear news and we don't know whether it's fake news or real news. Not only that, what do we do with all this information is sometimes too much and it changes us. But the other change that is really going deep into our lives is this. Almost every system in our life is breaking down economy, national politics. I mean, we chose a new government, but it's so hard to change because many things have already been broken in the system. Families, churches, communities, many things are breaking down. And the one that affects us the most is families. So even in the family, it's like, sorry, can you please go back to the, yeah. Even in the families, it's really like a roller coaster because fatherhood has, is being replaced with earning a livelihood. And so many of our families, we are used to really being, having the parent figure or parent figures absent, faith is battered and twisted as we live our lives. The parents struggle with faith, even as we live out there. Children struggle as we watch our parents living their lives and we struggle with the faith that we are inheriting. And sometimes one generation's faith may not get translated down to the next generation. So maybe my generation, I'm faithful, How can I be sure that my children, my children's children, continue that legacy? We cannot be sure. It is the same for Josiah's family as well. Next slide, please. When we look at Josiah, really you see the roller coaster history affecting his life. Do you know, Pastor spoke the story, he ascended the throne at eight years old. Who on earth would put an eight-year-old as a king? But he became king at eight years old, and you know, he didn't have a good start because his father and his grandfather were not the best of people. I've I've located for you a few of the great-great-grandfather. Let's start with Uzziah. Uzziah is the great-great-great-great-grandfather. He was a good king largely. He was good. He led a good example, but he did not lead his people completely to follow the Lord. And towards the end of his life, he took things into his own hands. He did something wrong in the temple of God. He died with leprosy. So towards the end of his life, he failed, just like you and I. We have good times, but we also fail. Then his son, Jotham, took over. Jotham was basically quite a good king and set a good example, but he was not able to lead the country to follow God wholeheartedly. No fault of his own. But then came Ahaz. Now Ahaz, his son, completely failed. He turned away from the Lord. He even burned his children as sacrifices, and he gave a very poor example to his next generation, but what? His parents were good, his grandparents were good, but he was not, how come? Because each generation is responsible for our own lives. There are many children sitting here and you say, I'm like this because of my parents. True, but we are still responsible for our own inheritance. And then you see Hezekiah, who had a very bad father, but he was a very good follower of the Lord. And he brought the people back. But again, towards the end of his life, he got a little proud. So he showed off to the Babylonians all the things that he had in his household and in in his palace and in the temple. And God said, because of your pride, one day this will be taken over. But the worst thing ever in the history of Old Testament is Manasseh. 55 years of rule, and he completely turned the whole country into a pagan country, no more belonging to the Lord. They not only worshipped all the baals and all that, they started worshipping the stars and offering sacrifice after sacrifice of their children so much of bloodshed that God said, this country will be under judgment you'll be taken away but towards the end of his life this bad very wicked king turned back to the Lord and God forgave him but the whole country had already turned away and it was during this time that the word of the Lord got lost and then his son Amon was no good and then you come to Josiah how come this eight-year-old became a great follower of the Lord? That's because the Lord was always working to raise up pillars alongside these people, not in the family maybe. So there were these prophets during this time, especially key was Isaiah, during the time of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, who set a very good example. And during Josiah's time itself, Jeremiah was the prophet. So, you know, there were people who helped them to live their faith. They cheered each other on. But all the while, the outside powers were changing hands, Assyria and Babylon. Next slide, please. Now, why I'm speaking about this on Father's Day is this. We live lives and we need to follow certain trails and know where there are pitfalls. But at the same time, what will help us? Now, when we look at the past, next slide, please. When we look at the past, Josiah's immediate past is bad. His father, his grandfather were completely wicked kings. It was the darkest hour of Judah's history. But his grandfather gave him a good start. So grandparents here, you have a place to play as well in the lives of our children because his grandfather was a good king in the midst of his own parents being bad. And all these are the inheritance we leave behind long after we are gone. But if you look at verse 2 of 2 Kings chapter 22, it says this, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David. Now, who is David? Long, 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 great, 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 great grandfather. But his inheritance is still echoing down. Never doubt, never doubt that our lives lived in faith by God can be used even long after we are gone to influence and to raise up generations after us. Because in the Old Testament, records were kept of what each generation did. And that's why we as families need to be storytellers of what our grandparents did, what our parents did, so that these legacies can be kept. But more important than the past is Josiah's own present. Next slide, please. If you look at verses 13, 3 to 13, you will see three things there that made Josiah different. If you want to find more of Josiah's story, you will also find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. And from there, at 8 years old, he descended to the throne, but at 16, when he was an MYFer, he, the scripture say in Chronicles, he began to seek the Lord. And then when he was 20 years old, this is from second Chronicles, he began as a king to remove all the idolatry from the country and completely removed it from the country. He began to exercise leadership. And as continuing of that, we find this chapter where he sends people to rebuild the temple to repair the temple why not because buildings are important but in those days when the house of the lord was in ruins you are bringing dishonor to your god and so for josiah he set apart all the money collected so that the temple can be repaired which had been stripped by his grandfather of all its glory and the gold all sold off so that God could be honoured. So the first thing you see in chapter 22 is this. He wanted to prioritise God's honour through the repair of the temple. The second thing as a result of that which was life-changing is this. When they were doing that repair, I probably think it was in the storeroom somewhere. Somebody had Found the book of the law. And you know all those wonderful names mentioned? Hilkiah, the priest, had found this book. And then he passed it to Shaphan, who was the official, who brought it back to Josiah and said, we found the book of the law. And did you see what was the king's response? He tore his robes when he heard the words that were spoken. And this is exactly what we sometimes have failed to do. You know, we read the book of the law like as if it's another novel, and when it's boring, we close it and say, "Oh, good bedtime reading. But you see the posture of the king when he read the word of the Lord, he stood under the word of the Lord and allowed him to, to examine his life and immediately he said, we are a people under a curse because the people who have gone before us have de- de- disobeyed the Lord. So that was the second thing, that when he found the word, and you, I, uh, most commentators think it is the book of Deuteronomy that was found. He stood under the word and allowed it to examine all they were doing and found that they had failed. And as a result, the third thing he did was He told them, go and find people. He tore his robes, his heart was troubled, and he began to ask, who can help us to seek the Lord? And that's the third life-changing thing. Now, these three things made his life successful. Prioritizing God's honor, not so much his rule as a king. Second, finding and standing under the word of God And the third is this, that he actually sought the Lord with all his heart. That made Josiah a different king. We're not told anything about how powerful he was, how many things he owned. Not like Solomon, you know, in Solomon's case we are told how many cattle he had, how many wives he, he had, and all those things, and concubines. But here we are told this is what made him special. Next slide, please. And verses 14 to 20 tell us also about his heart. He didn't say, I'm the king, I'm the boss around here. For him, his boss was one, Yahweh, the Lord. So you see him in a humble posture, even with tears before the Lord, repentant, waiting to hear what the Lord wants us to do. And that brought about a change during his era. You see Josiah and what the Lord tells him in verses 19. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord. And you, when you heard what I have spoken against this. Because you knew this place would become a curse. Because you tore your robes and wept. In my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. And that's what made Josiah a different man. A man who was the top of the country, but who was surrendered in the Lord's presence. And that made God hear him. And during his time, there was peace in the land. Next slide, please. What does that mean to us, this story, as I bring this sermon to a close? There was something Josiah couldn't do. He lived his best life, a faithful inheritance. But he couldn't ensure that his children followed after. So all his sons and grandsons after this, right until they went into exile, were bad. Josiah managed to remove the nation of idolatry, but he could not remove idolatry from the hearts of the people. Each one is responsible for our own lives. Why am I saying this to you, parents? Sometimes we walk with weights in our life and say, I have failed. Or sometimes we say, I've lived my life to the best. What about my children? And trust them to the Lord because we cannot live their lives, but we are called to live the best lives. And for children who sometimes say, but my parents were poor examples, they might have been that, but you are stewards of your own life, and we are called to live to the best, play the best music with the lives that God has given us. I know a man, whose child only had nine years to look at his life and learn from him. In that nine years, this child caught a few things from her father's life. The first, family is important. Second, through watch, not through speech, uh, through just watching life and capturing. Second, is this, be generous. Even if you don't have much, be generous. The third thing from his life, learn to laugh at many things. Find the lighter side of life. Fourth thing, always go the extra mile. When a child is nine years old and the parent dies, people say, they'll forget i can tell you i never forgot this became the dna in my life and guided me through my teenagers through my university years when i made choices this is the question i would ask what would papa do this is the question that i would ask what about what would he think about this job so Everything I have chosen, one of the persons who has been significant other than my mom was my father, although he only lived nine years. And that's his, he didn't know whether I would turn out okay or not. And I'm still not sure whether I am turned out okay or not. But we live our lives in faithfulness and leave God because God is always working alongside. Remember, God raised the prophets alongside Josiah. He was working to bring the people back to him. And I want to say this, posture endorses our position. It's not because we are father. It's not because we are mother. It's not because we are the king. It's not because we are the leader that makes us powerful. It's our posture of humility before the Lord, dependence upon the Lord, our hunger for the Lord, That will make us effective kings, effective leaders, effective fathers and mothers. Our posture will be the one that will fight against the other idols in our life. For many of us, we say we don't worship idols. Yes, we do. Many of us, we worship security. We want to give secure lives to our families. So we go after it. Sometimes we want power and position and control as well, but security is the biggest idol in a lot of parents' lives. But once we choose to humble like Josiah before the Lord, it will take us on a different road from the world. And that's what the Lord is inviting us to do this morning as we look at the life of Josiah. What kind of posture do we live before him? Do we live reading this word and it doesn't make any sense? Or do we live our lives under the word, allowing it to search our lives and guide us? The second thing today we can take away from Josiah is this, that Yahweh is tirelessly orchestrating together as we live our lives, doing something alongside our lives. He never stops working. You may not see him working, but he never stops working so that each generation will find him. He did that for Josiah. He did that, you know, how come they suddenly found the word of the Lord in the storeroom? It was always there. It was God who opened the eyes of the priests, that they discovered it. It was God who raised the prophets to come alongside during that time to give them warning after warning, why? Because God is the greatest father who's always longing for his children to come to him. I'd like to share with you this next video before I end. There was a great violinist, Ishak Perlman, He suffered from polio as a child and ever since he's been in a wheelchair. One evening during a concert, when he was only a few bars into the piece, there was a loud snap and the string on his violin broke. Everyone thought he will have to pick up his crutches, go out and find another violin. But he didn't. Instead, he closed his eyes and played the violin with just three strings. If there are any violinists here, you will know that it's a bit impossible to play with three strings. Violin especially is the hardest instrument to play because there's no specific place for you to press. Everyone knows you can't play a violin with three strings, but Perlman refused to know that. So that night, As he played with passion, it was one of the best music he made. When he finished, everyone rose and gave him a standing ovation. And after people had sat down, they asked him to say a few words about what happened that night. And this is what he said. And what he said, people knew he was not talking about the violin, he was talking about more than that. He said, our job is to make music with what remains. In life, everyone is on center stage. Much lies broken in each of us, but you need to play. And even if you have only three strings left, you play with that. If you have two strings, you play with that. And if one, you play with that. Because with such imperfect instruments, we are capable of creating music that's more beautiful than we have ever imagined. I'm not sure whether Perlman was a, knew the Lord. He is a Jew. But you know, with the Lord on our side, we cannot allow our frailty to stand in the way because he is the one who makes music through our lives. And we need the spirit of Josiah, the ears to hear, the tears before the Lord, the humility before the Lord, and then play our best music with the life he's given us and trusting that God will use our lives as a blessing to the generations that come after us. So fathers especially, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, children, we have one life. Let's play the best music with the inheritance that we have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this life. We thank you that Josiah showed us three things one is to honor you second is to stand under your word and let it be our guide but third to bear open his heart before you and to be humble Lord as we live our lives give us the grace to play our best music and as we worry about our children let us entrust them to you knowing you will do much more than we ask. So bless us today as we go and help us to play our best music. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.